<laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Cleaning Business Life. My name is Shannon Miller, and I am CEO and founding member of Clean Freaks University. And we have Kimberly Gonzalez, who is the inventor of Pure Evergreen Cleaning Products. Kim, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, you guys. My name is Kimberly, and I am the inventor of Pure Evergreen. And I used to own a cleaning company for over nine years, and it was an eco-friendly company. And we're here today to give you a couple helpful tips. The 10 things you need to know to start your cleaning business today. First one, decide on a trade name, what you're going to do and how are you going to register it? Yes. Um, I think that a lot of thought needs to be put into getting a trade name. Um, you obviously have to do a trade name search first before you make your final decision. And that's usually done with your secretary of state in whatever state you're operating out of. Um, and typically it holds your place. So when you register your trade name in most states, it will hold your place for a, um, a period of five, five minutes, five years. And um, that way you can decide whether you're going to continue on with it or not. And then at the five-year mark, you either have to re-register your trade name or you have to file for an entity. So Shannon, I know somebody had asked me at one time, you know, when they do register, do they have to register through the United States as well, like through the government? No, typically it's just the state that you were operating out of and EIN would be for the United States. Yeah, there you go. So whoever asked that question, you got it answered. The next thing is you want to get a tax ID. Um, we recommend EINs and no social security numbers. Why is that, Shannon? Um, you don't want your social security number sitting around on someone's desk because you're a contractor, right? Then someone else can come in and clean their office and they see your social security number or your information didn't get put in a secure filing, uh, locked filing cabinet. There's so many different variables. And with um, identity theft being such a big thing and such a pain in the butt to actually get rid of, it's always best to use an EIN number. That way they can stop it right away. That's smart. And also you want to decide on a business entity. Yes. What do you think about that, Shannon? Which one, which one do you have like when you first started? When I first started... I was actually just um, a sole proprietor. I actually didn't become anything other than a sole proprietor until I purchased my home. I paid cash for it. And at the time I had employees and I didn't want them to get in a car accident and someone take my asset. That is smart. That is really smart. I think I started as an LLC, but that's what my bookkeeper told me. So I think it's always good to reference your bookkeeper definitely um, for these kinds of things. Um, Having a bookkeeper is really important. We highly recommend it very much. Yes. Um, another one that we wanted to talk about was like where you're going to get your funds, like money, seed money. And if you guys don't know what seed money is, seed money is like the startup money. So how are you going to get that? A, a lot of people um, bankroll their seed money um, with their credit cards. So I'm not saying that you should go into debt for your own private enterprise, but sometimes you got to get the cash where you can get it right. I do not recommend if you've never been in business before or you've never been in the cleaning business industry that you go and take a loan out for your startup. Mm -hmm. The cleaning business industry in general is a really low startup cost. So if you were to Google search um, mm -hmm. startup costs for your cleaning business, it's relatively low for under a grand. You can usually get up and started and get going. I know with me, I just used my vacuum from home, you know, because mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of money. And so I pretty much used the vacuum from home and a few products that I had from my house. 
And that's how I was able to get started. And that was just the starting of it. And then I took, took the money that I made and I reinvested it and bought a vacuum. And then I started adding more stuff to my business. Definitely. I recall, I think I went to, I had a really nice house vacuum that I didn't want in other people's houses. So I went to the thrift store. I bought an Oric smart. and I think I paid smart. 10 bucks for it. And um, I also use chemicals from home and I also am guilty of this and I don't recommend that you do this now, but I went to the Dollar Tree and I bought all of these really awful chemicals. <laughs> so it's I'm going to talk about chemicals later because yeah, that's, we'll all, get back that's all the money I had. Yeah. When you want to start off, but you also have to be careful, like sometimes being cheap like that, going to the dollar store is not always better. No, it was actually when you priced it out, when I started to really grow and scale, it was actually more expensive to go to the dollar tree had it been than I had done something else or even used your product. Right. Yep, exactly. So, um, you want to decide when this is a big one that, you know, obviously when I started my cleaning company, I needed to decide if I wanted to be natural or if I wanted to focus more on the chemical part. And for me, being natural is important because so many people and kids have allergies to things. And so having a natural eco-friendly company was actually a bonus because people seeked me out. And it was great because people looked and searched when they did Google searches. They searched for me or word of mouth. They wanted somebody that was natural. So decide if you're going to be natural or if you're just going to have like a regular cleaning company, or you can even kind of do both. So if you have some people that want natural and some people that want, you know, just regular chemicals, you can kind of do both. It's up to you. I actually remember for regular chemicals, we charged a certain price and for the more luxurious natural chemicals, we charged a premium for it. I can tell you from experience um, for a long time, and I have a really acute sensitive, um, sensitivity to chemicals now, because I've been in this industry a long time, like I can't handle any fragrance. And, and this, this could happen to any of you. My chemical load is different than Kim's chemical load or mm-hmm. even Susan's or Mary's because I've been around these chemicals for a long period of time. So my detoxicity has to be more often and I can't handle certain smells anymore. I'm just speaking from experience. So if you sat next to me and you had a high fragrance smell to you, I would actually have to get up and move over. Not because I didn't want to have a conversation with you, just because I couldn't handle the smell that came off of whatever products you were using. I just am really sensitive. So yeah, I think speaking from experience, please don't do what I did. <laughs> Use natural. <laughs> yeah. Start with natural. Like even now being like using my natural products, if I, I don't even walk down. I know it sounds crazy, but I can't even walk down the mm-hmm. aisle where the softener is or any of that because I start choking and I can't breathe. Ooh, so the, the candle aisle is even yes. the worst. Oh. Yeah. So it's <sighs> like we, I always recommend using natural products because a lot of the bleach products out there can cause lung issues. And those right. are things down the road you may use now. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to use chemicals, but over time it will affect your body. Totally. And your clients. I I had a client who, um, the pre the pre-spray shower spray, and they had a huge master. It was like the size of my first apartment. And, um, he was in there pre-spraying. He didn't keep the door open and he squeegeed. He ended up giving himself chemical pneumonia and dying from it. Oh, wow. So again, why we like natural products. Right. Exactly. And I always, even with natural products, I always recommend ventilation. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like I use BioClean and that's natural, but I still like to have the fan going because it is strong. So that's just, you know, something that I do always have that backup for products. Um, another one is getting a logo made. So logos are huge and Shannon, you, you agree. 
because you're branding yourself. A logo is not just a logo. You are making a name for yourself. You're branding yourself. So really think about, you know, your name, think about the brand. How do you want your brand to be represented? I see a lot of people do these cheap little logos that are like their faces with the kids, you know, just like, like little, how to explain it? Like, explain it to me, Shannon. They're like the little bodies that they use, the avatars. Avatars. Yes. Um, I think that's a trend and it's cute for now, but it's not um, for long-term when you brand, mm -hmm. look at Coca-Cola. I mean, Coca-Cola has been around for over a hundred years. You know that that red and white wave, mm -hmm. anywhere you go in the world, regardless of what language you speak, you know, that's Coca-Cola. That is excellent branding. And, yep. and they've never deviated from that ever. I mean, remember the Coke and Pepsi wars, right? Yep. Yeah, you know, I'm dating that. myself, but I know back to way back then. Oh my, it was like, I used to watch the commercial. Oh my God, is it going to be Coke? Is it going to be Pepsi? Is it going to be Coke? And they went back and forth for many years. That was great marketing and great advertisement. So um, having a brand and deciding what your brand's going to be. And sometimes your evolution of your brand changes. I know of a photographer who's changed her brand like five times. I finally like the light, latest version of what she's done because she only does um, boudoir photography. So lots of pregnant girls and ladies. You're out there in the woods in your skivvies. It's pretty scandalous. <laughs> but she's an excellent photographer. So um, branding is very important. If you're on low budget, I highly recommend that you get a free account from canva.com. Yep. That's not a promotion. Um, we don't get paid for that. It's no. just an easy software program that you can use. There's tutorials in the back if you have no techie skills. And if that's still overwhelming for you, you can actually find a um, teenager or a, very, a slightly older person who might be able to do it for you cheap if you want to keep it in the family. Or even, or even trade. Right. Or you can trade or you can mm -hmm. go to, um, I don't think it's called fiverr.com. It's called something else now, isn't it? I'm not sure. I still have the app on it saying that it's Fiverr, but yeah, it, it might be fiverr.com. You can actually, those are people from other countries. You submit your work and what you want, and then they all bid against everybody to get whatever price it is. It's all price-based. Doesn't mean you're going to get quality, but it does mean that you'll get something. So um, that's something to think about for sure. Yeah. And save up money. And if you want to have a better brand down the road, then do that. I know for my cleaning company, um, it was like mountains with, um, like, like a tree line, but it was very retro. So it was like green and it had a moon. It was very retro and people loved it. Like people wanted to ask if I had shirts made for those, you know? So it's like, when you do get that good logo and that good brand, people want to wear it. People want stickers. People want that stuff. And that's free advertising. You know, if we go down that road for advertising, that's pretty much free advertising. If they're wearing your stuff, totally tagging stickers and, and Having your brand, another thing to consider when you're branding yourself, sometimes people um, name their cleaning businesses after themselves. If you want to be able to sell your company at a later date and create a legacy for you and your family, I highly recommend that you um, name your cleaning business after an entity instead of a mm -hmm. person. So I like agree. when I had Castle Keeper Cleaning, I actually had a dream. That's how I came up with the name. It was Castle with a K. So I'm like, yeah, it's Castle Keeper Cleaning, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't Shannon Miller's cleaning. It wasn't Susan's cleaning. It wasn't Kim's cleaning. Wasn't, you know, and I know there's a lot of other cleaning companies that have that name. So that's something to consider as well when you're starting to brand yourself. Think of keywords too. That's another thing too. When keywords. you think of your, your name, think of keywords. So my cleaning company was Evergreen Eco Clean. So I knew that those were the words that people were going to pull up, you know, eco, clean, um, green, it had the word green in it. So those were great keywords. So think of keywords that could be pulled up, you know, for Google. 
definitely having keywords and SEO help as well. As well. Um, another couple entities that you might consider as you grow is becoming a corp or an S corp. I highly recommend that you get a hold of an accountant um, to decide whether you're ready to have that shift in your business. And um, just for namesake, the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper, a bookkeeper manages your books. So all your receipts, all your um, expenses, mm-hmm. and an accountant manages the tax responsibility that you may have to the government. So you want you want both. And having being a CPA and an accountant is an entirely different thing. It requires more education. There are some great CPAs and then there's some bad CPAs. So make sure you check. And I'm very lucky because my um my CPA is my bookkeeper. She's phenomenal. So I really lucked out. Like I hit the gold pot with that one. Definitely. So, um I I want to like definitely equipment. So we need to figure out, you know, what kind of equipment are you going to use? Um, you know, we talked about like just the products too. So equipment and products kind of go along with the same thing. Like when you start off, um, we um, like products, you know, are you going to do very little products again, green products, um, the equipment, you know, what kind of equipment are you going to use? You can even use your clients vacuums. I mean, I think you know, at I think times that's I did pretty that much too. the norm now since COVID. Yeah. So, um, what else, Shannon? What are we? What else do we have on our list? Um, equipment and products. Keep carrying the least amount of products is always nice, but we can discuss that on another day. Um, <clears throat> if you are low with your seed money and you don't know quite what to do and you want to start to advertise, <clears throat> excuse me, I still have a tickle in the back of my throat. Getting a logo for the back of your car is the cheapest form of advertisement that you can get. You can often trade for the logo because who doesn't need house cleaning? A logo for the back of your car can cost anywhere from three to $400, well worth the investment. Because when you're driving around, all they see on the back of your car is that logo. So whatever state you reside in, obviously make sure it's legal before you have it installed because mm-hmm. you don't want to have to have it removed after you spend four or $500. And um, that way, when I first started, 25% of all of my business came off the back of my vehicles. Wow, that's awesome. And and I was actually um, very savvy with that. I partnered up with a cab company. So I paid for the logo and the install. And so the taxi cabs would drive around town with Castle Keeper cleaning them. So I had 22 vehicles that all had Castle Keeper cleaning. That is smart marketing. Plus my own. So we all went around and I paid them... um, I want to, it was super cheap because he liked me. He doesn't charge that anymore, but I think he charged me like 110 bucks a month. Well, wow. worth the price. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I saw your vehicles running around. I'm like, yeah, this is working. So and 110 is like, you know, that's a, like, a, that's a clean right there. And oh, you totally. Just turn so it back was, and um, it. I want to say on average, it probably like, went 10 and there was like 22 of them. So I paid about 2,500 bucks a month to have that on there, but it was the great, it was the best. It was better than any like billboard, any sort of other marketing I did. I always, I got 25% of all of my business off the back of those cars. And then depending on how business went, I could either scale back the cars or not. He totally worked with me. I don't even think he's around anymore, but he was a super nice guy. Well, and you think about it, like how many jobs did you get from that? You know, quite a few. (laughs) So it pretty much paid for itself. So, um, definitely some ROI on that one. And then um, I think we covered all 10 items. I know there was one we were talking about location, like oh, that's deciding right. on location. So 
one of the or things service were, area. Yeah, service really area. Yeah, thank service area. So decide on a service area where you want to be. Um, you know, I recommend starting in your general area because if you do start spreading out and you do get employees, it's going to be costly to send your employees out there. Do you agree, Definitely. Shannon? Oh, I a hundred percent agree. It's there. And there's a huge difference between 1099s and W2s. And we can talk about that another day, but your service area should be roughly 20 to 30 miles from your central location. Um, I do not recommend that you get a brick and mortar until you're actually pulling in a certain amount of um, income. You can operate out of your house. I operated out of my house for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I had offices and then I had a really bad experience with somebody because I had the same office people. And then I moved because they increased the rates. And the second person that I got involved with, she was a nightmare, but I, I saved myself a $38,000 a year by running everything out of my house and everything's done remotely now. Cause it's every, every we've changed since COVID. Yes. So, um, and then after that, you can decide whether you're going to stay in your service area or not. And if you go out of your service area, charge a mm -hmm. fee, we charge $75 each way. That way you're playing, you're paying your cleaning tech to, to drive the distance. They're getting rewarded for that. And and in actuality, you really want to stay as close as you can to your service area because you could pick up a house or your cleaning crew could when you're in your service area where if you're driving and you're not getting paid, it doesn't make it worth it. Exactly. And it's like, it's the value. So if somebody does see your, you know, your employees or your business out there, that's more that you're going to pay, you know, like you're going to get in for, you know, money for the extra fee for just traveling, but that's, you're right. still getting your name out there. So that's good. So if you're if someone goes, well, I want you to go out of my, an hour away, you could have taken a job in your service area and picked up 225 bucks or more where you, if you're driving and you're not being compensated for it, you just ate 225 bucks. Exactly. Not worth it. No, definitely. So I think that pretty much covers the 10 things you needed to know to get started with your cleaning business. Um, once again, my name is Shannon Miller and this is Kimberly Gonzalez. And we look forward to your input and your questions. I hope you guys have a fabulous day and check back for us next Wednesday. Thanks, you guys. Have a good day. Take care.